0: Welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things dynasty fantasy football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back. Square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Polish.
1: Welcome back. We're here, Episode 8: Winners and Losers of the NFL Draft. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Polish. Ryan, what do you got
0: for listeners today? Oh man, we got a good episode in front of us today. Uh, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into these winners and losers of the NFL draft and get away from the rookies for a week. Uh, let that settle in a little bit for everybody and see who actually came out on top and who, who's, whose value took a hit from this NFL draft. So this is going to be a good one for, for everybody to listen to, to get a kind of a grasp on your dynasty teams.
1: The Bears have 10 tight ends. The Redskins have 15 running backs. We're going to dive into a little bit of who won and who lost the NFL Draft. Might not necessarily be your rookies. We went through that in our last pod. But it's going to be guys that maybe their role either changed or got better based on what their team did in the NFL Draft. So, Ryan, do you want to start out with the winners or the losers?
0: I think let's go out on – let's start out on top. Let's go with some winners today. And I will lead us off with our first winner – of the NFL draft. And this is a guy that I actually talked about on our dynasty buys podcast. And I'm going to talk about Darius Slayton for the New York Giants. Now, this is a guy who had a pretty good rookie year and he came on really strong toward the end there. Uh, Evan Ingram was out. So he saw more targets. Sterling Shepard went down and I think Darius Slayton uh, proved that he he can be a pretty good asset on anybody's dynasty team and heck sometimes he played like a number one wide receiver. He's really fast. He has runs really good routes. He's got great hands. A really overall good wide receiver with Daniel Jones getting better and better as the season went on. And I think he's going to continue to grow. Um I think Darius Slayton is a is a winner of this NFL draft because they did not draft any wide receivers. Nobody, which is somewhat kind of surprising with how injury-prone Sterling Shepard has been. So with them not having any competition coming in and another year for Daniel Jones to grow and Slayton, I think Slayton is a huge winner of this NFL draft.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a great point. He was on your list, like you said. They ended up going offensive line, so I think that only in turn helps that offense, but you would think that they would take another offensive weapon, but they're not anywhere near contending, I don't think. So that's, that's probably a, a good choice on their part. I'm sure they'll take one next year. Should be a nice receiving class next year as well. So since we're on the topic of, you know, from that one list that we had, I'm going to go Nikhil Harry. I told you to buy him. You should have bought him. They did not draft a receiver. They brought in Marquise Lee. Well, Marquise Lee played like 18 snaps last year. Yeah, he was hurt. But that's that's not a threat to Nikhil Harry. To me, they're saying we trust him. He's healthy, and you know he's got a, he's gonna have a nice summer under his belt, and and he's gonna help this team out a lot. And it really helps. And we mentioned it before. He was roommates with Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham's also a winner. They didn't take a quarterback, and some people are thinking you know they might go Cam Newton or uh, whoever they might sign. Well, or they didn't sign Andy Dalton. They didn't sign Jameis Winston. So. I think they're very, very content with Jarrett Stedham and Brian Hoyer. So I'm going to go Nikhil Harry's a major win for me. I'm, I'm pumped. I own him. And I, I think he's got a chance for that second-year breakout.
0: No, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. And like you said, we told you to go buy him uh, before the draft, and now it might be a little bit too late. I think his value went up a little bit. Now people are kind of, and Nikhil Harry's back on the radar now that they did not touch the wide receiver position this might be a chance for for the Patriots to kind of see what they have because he was only he only played like the tail end of the season with the Patriots and having a veteran like Tom Brady trust you after something like that is kind of that's just not going to happen. So now I think they're going to go in fresh with a new quarterback. They're going to have Enkiel Harry with a full off season of work and a full season, and uh, I think we're going to see what we have with Harry and hopefully sit him. We'll be able to get him the ball, but yeah the competition. I mean Edelman's still there, but as far as dynasty standpoint's concerned, he's he's like mid 30s as far as age goes and and Harry was talked about as the 101 last year a lot of a lot of times in rookie draft. So, yeah, he's a huge winner of this of the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, especially like you said for somebody that was so highly sought after in last year's draft, now people are just forgetting about him. So, You should have went and bought him while he was cheap. I think that was the cheapest he's going to be. So, Ryan, who's another winner you got for us?
0: Um, I am going to go with yet another guy off of our dynasty buys list. Now, it might seem like we're tooting our own horn because we told you to go get these guys. But, okay, we might be tooting our own horn a little bit. But I'm telling you what, you listen to our podcast, you might have the upper hand uh, in your dynasty leagues. But I'm going to go with Preston Williams out of uh, Miami. Now, a lot of people thought that Miami was going to go weapons, weapons, weapons. Get people around Tua. They didn't go as heavy around the weapons as we thought they would. They didn't draft a running back. They traded for Matt Breda. They didn't really address the, the wide receiver position at all. So they're going to go into the season with Parker and Williams as their guys over in Miami. And Parker showed a lot of flashes in not only the preseason, but the beginning of the year last year then he got hurt. So I think if he can bounce back, he's a huge winner of this draft because he, he didn't have high draft capital last year. So people might have thought that he just got looked over because he got hurt. Maybe they're going to draft some more weapons with this really good receiving class. And that never happened. So I think Preston Williams is a huge winner. His job is safe, I believe, as the number two in Miami with either Tua or Fitzpatrick. Either way, I like it. So Preston Williams, I think he's a huge winner.
1: No, I agree. Uh, another name that people, you know, and I've got another guy off my list too, but we're gonna skip around here. I'm gonna go Miles Sanders, and here's the thing: so Miles Sanders, he got touches last year. Now he's he was in line to get just a ton of touches, and what could have hurt that? The Eagles drafting a running back. Well, they didn't bring anybody else in. They they signed Corey Clement back to a deal, and Jordan Howard's gone, so miles sanders is the guy uh they just show that they have complete faith in him as a three down back and you can expect to see top 10 upside from him that's it's rb1 upside for sure if if he's healthy and can handle the workload so miles sanders is a huge win they you know improve that offense by drafting jalen rager and you know hopefully that gets that offense moving a little bit better because they were lacking some pieces so miles sanders huge win there for those that own him, I think you're gonna really love what you see this year. So that's my that's my second win there is, is Miles Sanders, big time. Oh
0: no, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I mean Miles Sanders was he was a really, really high pick in rookie drafts last year. And a lot of people kind of saw him as that speedy change of pace back that could catch the football out of the backfield. They had the bruiser with Jordan Howard there who was gonna to kinda of tote the rock. More than what you would want to see from one of those high draft picks in a, rookie, in a rookie draft. But now they got rid of him. And I think that just shows the trust that they have in Miles Sanders to move forward and, and be their guy. I think he's a three down back. And without them drafting any competition, I think that's, that's huge for Miles Sanders. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm going to go into my next guy here. And I don't, re- I don't really like to say his name because we're uh, big Packers fans, but Alan Lazard is a huge, huge winner of the NFL draft. I don't know how many mock drafts, and this has been happening for how many years now, how many mock drafts had the Packers going a wide receiver in the first or second round? Of course it didn't happen again as much as we want it to. I mean, the Packers are a game away from the Super Bowl and refuse to give Rodgers any weapons, but I don't know if that just shows they're just ready to kind of move on and prepare for the future or if they trust Alan Lazard that much. But they have Valdez-Scantling still there, but he had his he had his chance last year, but he's more of that chuck the ball deep a few times a game, and you might get something great out of him, the big play, he's speedy. But then Alan Lazard was more that, he stepped in and was more that consistent player week in and week out alongside of Devontae Adams. So I think Lazard's going to be a starter for the Green Bay Packers this upcoming season, and... That's a huge win. Everybody expected him to go wide receiver and get weapons for Rodgers to make that push for a Super Bowl and they did not do that. So, he's going to go into this season, at least this season, and potentially produce for the Green Bay Packers and yeah, that's 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 my guy right there.
1: Yeah, we had kind of talked about him before the pod. Alan Lazard is he's definitely the big-time winner there and you didn't know what you were going to get uh with the Packers draft and boom, he's a winner. Uh let's go I'm going to bounce around to just some quarterbacks here. Drew Locke, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Three big-time winners. Drew Locke has all the weapons in the world at this point, and they might take some time to develop. If he can't get it done, it's on him. Dak Prescott has arguably the best weapons in the entire NFL with Zeke at running back, and then he added CeeDee Lamb, and we've kind of already talked about it a little bit. Big-time winner, Carson Wentz. Well, you just got Jalen Rager. Alshon's back. You're hoping Arcega-Whiteside. You got Ertz. You got Dell Scotter. So you got weapons there. Wentz should be content. Those three quarterbacks. I mean, Rodgers is probably wishing he had somebody like that. You know, and just surrounding him with weapons. So big-time winners. Those guys should be happy. Those guys should put up some numbers this year. So, I know a little odd going the quarterback route, but those three should be very happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're all big-time winners. I mean, Drew Locke and Dak especially, with how many weapons they surrounded Drew Locke with over over the draft. He has no excuse now. They're going to find out exactly what they have in him going into that second year. And if he can't produce, I think they're just going to move on right away. But he's got all the opportunity in the world. And then Dak, like you said, potentially the best three wide receivers in the entire league now at this point. And he's looking for that big contract. So I think they're kind of putting the cards on the table as well. Like here, you got the best in the league. If you can't make it happen, then it's kind of on you now. So yeah, I agree. Those quarterbacks kinda hit the lottery when it comes to the NFL draft. But I'll Did you re- see uh
1: did you see Des Bryant tweet and he's he's upset for Dak because Why? he they signed Andy Dalton. Not Andy's not gonna take his job. That's just a little security in case Dak happens to go down, but Des Bryant was going off about how you gotta pay my boy Dak and he was just protecting his quarterback. That's my quarterback right there.
0: Oh, geez. Has Dak even ever thrown him the ball? Well, back when uh, – yeah, they played together, didn't they? Or- I don't even remember, but either way, Andy Dalton has no chance to compete with no, Dak.
1: That was just for security because I, I couldn't even tell you who their backup quarterback was.
0: No, probably their year. offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, probably would have stepped in. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, probably. He was, he'd was. be ready to go, the lefty gunslinger.
0: Oh, you bet. Um, so I'll go into another one of our guys here. I'm going to go into a guy who didn't win by not having anybody drafted, but a guy who won, in my mind, and I think yours too, Tyler, by getting somebody drafted to their team. And it kind of goes off of the Drew Locke thing. I think Cortland Sutton's a big winner here. I think by having those other weapons there now. And he's that prototypical number one receiver. He's that big body. He had a he had a good year last year, a really good year. And now he's not going to be getting that safety over the top all the time when he's got the technician and Jerry Judy there and the speed demon, K.J. Hamler. I think he, it's going to open a lot up for Cortland Sutton. And that might not be that someone that people were thinking But I think he's a big winner as well. You might say he might have some targets taken away from him, but maybe those targets are more catchable balls now or he won't be as contested now. And I think that's a huge win for Cortland Sutton to kind of get some of that load off of his back where he could have another great year again as their number one receiver.
1: Yeah, that offense just stunk last year. So just any opportunity to get them closer to the goal line, I just think his red zone numbers are going to go up. So I'm a huge fan. Uh, another guy that I own as well, and we might be a little biased, but we're owning guys that are in great situations, and I, this guy was on my buy list. I said, go out and buy him and It's Jamison Crowder, because he's quietly having a fantastic season when he plays. He was banged up last year. His targets were through the roof. I think week one, he had double-digit targets, and Sam Darnold throws to that slot, He's going to lock up the slot again. They drafted Denzel Mims, who will be an outside guy. But he's going to lock up the slot. And you, you can – if he's healthy, which he probably won't be the entire season, just knowing Jameson Crowder, but that's a guy that I'm willing to roll the dice with that I can still probably get for cheap. So, But he's a big-time winner. Jameson Crowder, he's still only like 26 or 27. Like, he's got good football ahead of him, and I, I don't know why he's never talked about, but he's – He's going to be a quiet triple digit target guy if he's healthy. So go out in and, and get him. He's going to be a target hog, I think.
0: No, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. When he played, he was putting up like stupid number of targets. It was unbelievable. He had like 3 weeks in a row or something last year he had like 13 or more targets. And yeah, if he stays healthy, he's through the roof on targets, but with the Jets bad O-line and Sam Darnold still kind of developing and just didn't work out for him as far as a fantasy play plus he got banged up but yeah if anything mims replaces uh rodney anderson as that deep guy and things don't really change much much for crowder so i agree with you on that one for the win um let's go into my last guy here and i also own him but i preached about him and had a hot take that anthony miller could have potential to be high-end wide receiver two this year. Now, that was way before the NFL draft. Now look at it. They did not address the wide receiver position. They got rid of um, Gabriel, and they did not add anything except for more tight ends again over the offseason and the draft. So in my mind, it's going to be Robinson and Anthony Miller, and I love Anthony Miller. I think – I think he t- took care of that shoulder problem that he had with that surgery a couple of years ago or a year ago. And he's going to be a great slot guy going across the middle. He's got really nice hands and pretty good playmaking ability. His rookie year, he had like seven touchdowns, I think. And so I think he can build off that now with a little bit less crowded of, of a wide receiver core and they didn't pick up Trubisky's fifth year option. So that proves to me that they don't have much faith. And in my head, I think they're already starting to lean fools as a starting quarterback, which is what I would want if I was an Anthony Miller owner. So I think there's still going to be a quarterback battle, but they're already leaning fools. They don't trust Trubisky anymore. He's not getting it done. And I think Anthony Miller is a huge winner with them not bringing anybody else in.
1: Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say like huge winner because that team is just an absolute dumpster fire and you know i wanted i said one of my buys was actually david montgomery and i said go out and buy david montgomery the bears didn't take an offensive alignment until the 7th round i believe and you might have to fact check me on that but they were 29th in the nfl in um like adjusted yards so basically like is the the offensive line helping create these yardage and they were 29th in the league so their offensive line stinks I thought they were going to address that. They didn't address that at all. So, yes, I do think Trubisky is not good. Actually, I know he's not good. But they didn't even help him out. They didn't help Nick Foles out. That entire offense scares the living bejeebus out of me. Because I, I just don't know – I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like it's going to be Tree Cohen, dump off city. But no, we'll I, have to find out. But somebody that's going to get an opportunity, Anthony Miller, I agree, yes. He yeah, that's kind of –
0: that was kind of my thinking too, Tyler, is, I mean, yeah, they don't have a great offensive line, but he's that short to intermediate route kind of guy where you're going to be able to get the ball out quick to him because he's got great route running as well on top of those good hands. And if they got to get the ball out quick, he's got the potential. And I mean, I mean, we'll see. And if you have Anthony Miller, the chances are, you're not starting him anyway. So I feel like the risk is way worth the reward. Cause he's like, for me personally, he's like my, eighth wide receiver on my team so I think that's the the potential there is huge for what his value is probably on your team
1: you're right if you're going into the season with Anthony Miller starting you need to just wave the the white flag and surrenders right away this year so but he could be one of those guys that what do you call him Ryan shiny turds I think uh, Anthony Miller could be a shiny turd for you this year
0: oh that's harsh but He's a turd on my team, so potentially he could shine. So we'll see.
1: (laughs) All right. Unless you have any other winners, we're going to bounce over to the losers of the draft, which is a little bit easier to sell because, or to like think of, because the rookies were so good. And I feel like the rookies are going to step in and take a lot of, you know, opportunity away for these guys. So I'm going to start it off right at the bat. Who was on my sell list? Mark Ingram, I warned you. They took J.K. Dobbins. They love J.K. Dobbins. You could tell, uh, just from what you know Harbaugh was saying about him, and and they were kept showing videos, but J.K. Dobbins is gonna steal more touches away from Mark Ingram than you and I think. J.K. Dobbins, I think, will eventually take this role. He is legit. It might be more of a 50 50 timeshare. And I don't even know Mark Ingram's contract situation, but I don't think it's long. And I would say J.K. Dobbins is the starter next year. You need to – people are drafting J.K. Dobbins for the following year. But Mark Ingram, sorry, buddy. I I was once a fan. It's just – it's about time. Your time is about up. He could be seeing another team. But he is a big-time loser in this draft just in terms of dynasty value plummeting. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, J.K. Dobbins is one of the best running backs in the class, if you ask me. Obviously, I thought he was top two, three as far as talent goes coming in here. And now he goes to a run-heavy offense where people were kind of saying how they run that zone RPO offense in college. And, well, guess what? He runs in Baltimore. A lot of RPOs. And having a guy like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback is going to open up some lanes for you. in in the running game. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of saying that talent will supersede and I don't care how good Mark Ingram has been. JK Dobbins is a better running back than Mark Ingram. I don't care. I don't care who you are. There's no, no doubt about it. So sure. They might split carries for a while, but when you're trying to win ball games down the stretch and JK Dobbins is tearing it up every time he touches the ball, who are they going to put in the game is what I'm thinking. So, I'm, I'm a big J.K. Dobbins guy. It's a great landing spot for the future, for sure. Maybe not hundred percent this year, but yeah, Mark Ingram, at, at least after this year, if not halfway through this year, uh, say good night. Like
1: you said, I mean that is a match made in heaven in terms of offensive system translating to college to the NFL because what they were doing with Justin Fields and kind of like the, you know, the read option that, you know, that, that RPO type stuff that is perfect. And Dobbins is going to have the patience and then he's going to have the explosiveness to cut. So Mark Ingram is probably still going to get some goal line work. So he'll be fancy relevant, but I think Mark's going to be more of a boomer bus type guy for you. And I think you, I think his, his floor is way lower now. So you're not going to, I don't think you're going to get that consistent 12, whatever we got from Mark last year. Uh, that is going to go down. So his floor, I think he's going to turn more of him into a boomer bus type player. So that's, That's who I got there. So uh, give us a name. Who lost, Right?
0: Yeah. I think Aaron Jones for the Packers is kind of a loser in this draft. And people are probably listening right now saying, what are you talking about? Aaron Jones is a loser. He had 19 touchdowns last year. Well, they took A.J. Dillon in the second round this year. I'm not a big A.J. Dillon guy by any means. Do I think he's going to – plug into Aaron Jones's snap count or any rushing ability this year? No. I think Jamal Williams now is dead. But that to me might might have shown that they don't want to pay Aaron Jones that money that he's going to want after this year. So, I think them signing AJ Dillon, he's a pretty good back. He's a big, fast, stud athlete kind of guy, and we'll see what he has in the NFL. I didn't love his college tape, but to me, that just shows that they don't want to pay Aaron Jones. So I think he's a big loser. I think you're fine this year. But if he has anywhere near a year, even halfway through, if you can afford to sell Aaron Jones, absolutely do so. Because I don't think the Packers are going to want to pay big money for a running back that they drafted in like the fourth round. So not, not to mention, he was on our sell list as well. Aaron Jones. That that production that he had last year, the Packers are gonna say thank you. They drafted a running back in the second round, and they're gonna say, see you later after this year, is my my prediction.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is a severe regression candidate coming. Scored a lot of touchdowns last year. I think AJ Dillon does actually steal some of those. And I think, you know, especially if we have some Packer fans that are listening. A.J. Dillon, I think, might surprise some people because right now I'm pretty sure you can get him in the third round of a rookie draft. Well, A.J. Dillon had the second highest speed score in this NFL draft, and he had a high one because he ran a four-five-three 3 at 247 pounds. I'm not stepping in front of that, only behind Jonathan Taylor, who had the highest speed score in the draft. But in December, when it's cold and you're trying to tackle A.J. Dillon, that's going to be a struggle. So like you said, Aaron Jones, it's it's not really the Packers MO to pay those guys like that, especially somebody they spent a fifth rounder on and on a position that the longevity is not there. So yeah, you kind of missed the boat on that. You know, if you weren't listening and tune into that one, sorry. His value just kind of took a hit. So I feel sorry for you because that's somebody whose value was pretty skyrocket right after the season or during the season. I'm gonna go with our next one here. And Let's go with uh, Marlon Mack, and this will be a quick one. We've got other guys that are like this. Marlon Mack, he's done. We weren't even a fan of him. He's behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and his numbers weren't even that fantastic. Jonathan Taylor's going to take that job. Marlon Mack is done. I don't know if he's going to be able to be a lead back on another team. I think for the rest of his career, he's now going to split or take a backseat role. I'm sorry, Marlon Mack. I think you're done. Uh, I do own the 1.01, so Jonathan Taylor, you're all mine right now, unless something really changes.
0: Yeah, Tyler, it's funny that you you mentioned Marlon Mack. I was watching a lot of Twitter feeds that were saying we're overstepping our bounds on Jonathan Taylor a little bit, and I kind of am calling absolute bullcrap because we didn't really like Marlon Mack to begin with, another guy on our sell list, but you're telling me that they're going to sign Philip Rivers. They drafted a wide receiver in the second round. They still have T. Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, a, one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive lines in the game. And you're going to roll with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor splitting carries next year, just because he's on a contract year. No, you are going to try to win every single ball game that you can, because you have a chance to be a contender this year with a new quarterback and you drafted the best, if not a top two best running back in the league you're going to want to play Jonathan Taylor all three downs at least or at, at at most maybe Naheem Hines will step in but there's no place for Marlon Mack there Jonathan Taylor is Marlon Mack times like 10 with everything that Marlon Mack did and then the pass catching Jonathan Taylor is better than Marlon Mack and they have Naheem Hines I just don't see it everybody that's saying kind of slow your roll on Taylor I don't think so they put their chips in to win this year and be a contender with the new quarterback everything all the weapons that they have now I think Taylor takes that job either right away or very soon as the season gets going and he will be the guy there
1: yeah um, I think it was Ray from uh, Destination Debbie who kind of had mentioned all these running backs that kind of went in the second round would be first round running backs in the old NFL so like You know, 90s NFL when running backs were really valued and their life was a little bit longer and that kind of stuff. Jonathan Taylor would have been a first-rounder. Clyde Hilaire just went in the first round, so he's a first-rounder. DeAndre Swift would have been a first-rounder. J.K. Dobbins would have been a first-rounder. So it's like all these guys in the second round, and just because they're not first-round picks, that's just the way the NFL is now. So they love him. If you're taking a running back in the second round, you like him. That is high draft capital for a running back, especially when their shelf life might only be – that four to five years, kind of like we talked about with the um, leasing a car. So, yeah, uh, not a fan of Marlon Mack here. I think uh, JT is going to be the guy going forward. So another loser, Ryan, who do you got for us? We're, our list is kind of – it's thin in here.
0: Yeah, um, I am going to go, and you're going you're to kind of laugh because you've kind of heard me go off about this guy a few times. It's Devin Singletary as a loser in Buffalo. I was not a Singletary guy to begin with. I thought he got way overdrafted or too, he was drafted way too high in rookie drafts last year. Uh, he, he had a terrible combine. I didn't really like his tape. Um, and then they draft Zach Moss. Essentially, the same evaluation. I didn't like the tape. I don't like where he went. I, I mean, he, he's slow, slower than molasses but a lot of people love Zach Moss and he had pretty good draft capital and sure you could say that he's a Frank Gore replacement but i think Zach Moss is good enough to cut into Singletary's time where i think they're just both going to be fantasy irrelevant maybe a flex play here and there on some bye weeks but i want to just i want to see it to believe it and Singletary sure he had a pretty decent rookie year but even so i'm not buying it for a, a dynasty league I want somebody who's going to go week in, week out, get me those points. And now they drafted Zach Moss. And I think Singletary took a big hit, not in my rankings, because I already had him really low, but in a lot of people's rankings, he took a big hit with the NFL draft.
1: So if you own one, who would you rather own in those two?
0: Oh, God. Um, If I had to pick one, I would probably say... I guess I'd say Singletary just because I've, I've actually seen him in an NFL setting. Zach Moss, to me, he's just too slow. I didn't, I didn't like him on tape. I didn't like his vision that much. I think he, he's just going to take what's there, and that's about it. He's not going to pull away from anybody. Singletary sometimes has a little bit of giddy-up, but at least he's proven a little bit of something, and I will take that rather than guessing with terrible college tape on Zach Moss.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if you're getting everything, every little bit out of Devin Singletary, and I'd rather own Devin just to, for the the pass catching area, I think you could somehow sneak him in to, you know, crack in the top 20, maybe, in P- or in PPR, he might crack the top 20, it all depends on, you know, his share, but I, I really think a lot of the goal line work is going to go to Zach Moss, and for a, a Buffalo Bills team that really doesn't score that much to begin with, that's... It just makes it tough on an offense that already stinks. Then you confuse the running back situation. So, I mean, they had Frank Gore there last year, so maybe it'll be about the same like it was last year. That's kind of how I would maybe assume things would shake out. So you might see about similar numbers from each of the two. Uh, Depends on how they use them, and we'll see. Uh, Let's continue to go here. And one that's just we didn't like to begin with, but On Johnson is a loser. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny when I say it like that. He lost in the draft. They brought in DeAndre Swift. Lions' history with running backs has been atrocious. And I don't know if Carrion Johnson's, like, I, why they took DeAndre Swift. I'm, I'm actually, I don't even know. Like, they must have some concern with Carrion Johnson's knee, or I think it was his knee that he hurt last year. Uh, but either that or he's just a turd but they took a second round pick on him a couple of years ago and they didn't like what they saw. So now they're taking another second on a running back. I don't know. I just, the lions are a mess, an absolute mess. And I don't know what to say in terms of a running back on the lions, because I can't even remember when they've had one that you've been able to sustain in dynasty. Who's the last running back for the lions that's been
0: like a, a good starter that you could rely on week to week. I don't even know. Do you know? no i can't even remember was javid best any good when he was there i don't i don't did he have a good year i have i don't even remember
1: i mean outside he had the big concussion issues but that was kind of early on in our fantasy playing career uh when javid best went down they had like a blount there for a little bit who took some touchdowns they had mikhail assure they had did they have mendenhall or was he i know he was a stealer but was mendenhall a uh, lion
0: too if he was, it wasn't for very long. I don't think I, – I don't even know. Either way, the Lions backfield's a crap shoot. And like you said, Tyler, I don't really know why they drafted Swift. I, I mean, I, I kind of do because Carrion, got, he gets hurt all the time. So I don't think they can trust him. And DeAndre Swift's obviously a much better prospect and a much better running back. Before the draft, he was 98% of people's 101 and now, I mean, he slid down a little bit, but I still think Swift is worth is worthy of a top five, six pick in rookie drafts. I would I, just out of based off of talent, and I think Carrion eats into some carries with with Swift, but Swift is going to be that every down guy still. Um, he he'll, he'll I mean he's just better. He's better than on, and that that sucks for the on Johnson owners who were. We're really high on him, even though he gets hurt every other week. So, carry on Johnson might have taken one of the biggest hits, if I were to say, out of everybody, just based off of everybody was very high on him. And then they drafted everybody's 101 in the second round of, uh, of the NFL draft. So, I agree with you there with Swift.
1: It's going to be hard to play carry on at all if you own him. I, I would not feel good about rolling into any week with him that one that one hurts if you're a carry-on owner. And I I can't imagine I, there's nothing you can do with the guy right now. It's a guy that literally has no value. So big time loser. Uh, let's keep the list going. We got a couple more for our listeners, a couple good ones here too. So who you got next,
0: right? I'm gonna go with the couple of the Dallas Cowboys receivers with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So A lot of people, I mean, Lamb is obviously just an absolute stud. Uh, Most people's number one wide receiver. Some people were going Judy before the draft. But for me, it was C.D. Lamb right off the bat this whole year. And he is an absolute animal. The Cowboys did not think they were going to get him. They fell right into their lap. I think something came out that said they had no intention of drafting a wide receiver. But how can you not? How can you pass up on that? Now they have a three-headed monster. But if I were to pick somebody who takes the biggest hit out of that wide receiver core, it's Michael Gallup. Um, great wide receiver, nothing against him. He had 1,000 yards last year as the number two. Um, I think Amari Cooper, sure, he has some, like, injury issues. He gets banged up a lot. Some people don't like his consistency. But I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm – I mean, they just paid him $100 million, and he's one of the best route runners in the entire game. So to me, Michael Gallup's more expendable. And if Lamb's there, he's going to take over a lot of the targets from Gallup. I do think they can sustain a decent wide res- – all three wide receivers. But if you're looking for just stardom, I think Gallup falls off more than Cooper does.
1: I agree with you there. Gallup is the one that's really going to hurt, I think, if there's anybody. But I at the same time, I don't want to come in and say, see, Lamb is going to be – this guy that just puts up ridiculous numbers right away. Cause I don't think it's going to happen because Gallup still is a heck of a football player, but he is definitely the one that I think his numbers and targets are going to hurt a little. And that's just kind of a bummer because everybody was kind of hoping to see even a bigger jump from Michael Gallup. I know uh, I don't own him, but I, I wanted every bit of him and now I'm kind of shying away from it. So one that definitely lost in the NFL draft for sure. Let's, let's go with kind of this this list so T Higgins got drafted in the second round here and we kind of mentioned on the last pod I think this hurts AJ Green long term he doesn't really have much left anyways really it kills Auden Tate and John Ross those two are the real killers Tyler Boyd it hurts a little bit too but I mean you can have more than one good receiver on a team it's going to be interesting to see how quickly T steps in I think it hurts AJ Green, just the long-term, mean being that he'll be more expendable. But I had high hopes for John Ross. I am done. I'm off the John Ross train at this point. They took T. Higgins too high for me. I, I think John Ross is going to have, you know, just some sweeps and some big plays potentially down the field. But he's not going to be fantasy sustainable for anybody to start. So that really just killed him. It'll be interesting to see if A.J. Green is healthy and can go. But the guy I trust most there would be Tyler Boyd. But And I'm also an owner there. But it did scare me a little bit when they drafted T. But they do need a couple of weapons. So that is a little frustrating. But, um, you know, the Bengals got a long ways to go. And the only thing is they might be down because they stink. And they'll be past a lot. That's about all I can think of there.
0: Yeah, I – uh I'm not worried about Boyd really, with the T, with the T. Higgins drafting there. Um, I just think it's a replacement for AJ. Green. I think they're looking to the future. They know he can't be healthy very often. So if he goes down, I think T. Higgins is i mean he's a great wide receiver, just an absolute stud at six foot four or two. So I mean he projects as that number one wide receiver playing that outside role, and if AJ. Green stays healthy, it'll limit T. Higgins first year production but do you have to be patient you wait for the 2021 aj green will be gone and then they're gonna rock with higgins and boyd going forward and joe burrow i mean a number one overall pick he's a stud so he's only gonna hopefully he pans out and and gets better i mean if he flops that whole thing is up in shambles but I think Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback. So I think going forward, they're on the right track. You're not looking for a year one out of anything with T. Higgins. But, yeah, like you said, Tate and Ross are pretty much done. They're going to roll with Higgins and Boyd after this year if A.J. Green stays healthy. So I'm going to go right into my next guy here. And you might not agree with it, Tyler, because I know you have him, but – And he was on your buy list nonetheless. But if I were to pick a sleeper out of any of these people, I'm going to say James Conner is kind of a low-key loser in the NFL draft. Now, he had some injury issues last year. He was banged up. But even when he was there, he didn't produce. I I didn't think he looked that great. I just think he's one of those running backs who benefited off of the situation with Ben Roethlisberger. And everybody was really high on him going forward. And now they didn't have that great quarterback. He's one of those running backs that just takes what it's, what, what's there. And when Rethlisberger's there, he had a lot to take. So for me, he's a loser in the draft because I'm a huge fan of Anthony McFarland. Maybe I wouldn't say a huge fan, but I'm a fan. I love this tape. He's an explosive running back. He's much faster than James Conner. Uh, he hits the hole going 110 miles an hour. He has really good cutting ability, and they drafted him in the fourth round. So that's the down tick as we kind of hit on draft capital in one of our earlier pods saying one through three is kind of the big deal. Four through seven, got to earn your stripes when you get the chance. But Anthony McFarland, to me, is a guy who can absolutely do that. If he gets those change of pace carries, I think he's going to earn his stripes doing that, or he could. Like I said, like I said, he's more of a sleeper pick for me, but I'm a big fan of Anthony McFarland. So we'll see if James Conner produces, then Anthony McFarland's done. But if he doesn't and Anthony McFarland actually does something, we could be looking at a little bit of a running back mix up in, in Pittsburgh.
1: I, you're going to make me dig up all the information I just had on James Conner and I had, when I compiled the buy list, I had a ton of information like James Conner and his ability to, to make people miss was one of the best. He was banged up. He had a really good dominator rating, meaning that he accumulated for just about a, as much of his team's offensive yards as anybody in the league. Uh, that team stunk and there was nothing that one person was going to do. And they really just needed Maybe they needed a quarterback. So maybe one person could have helped, but the fact that they took him in the fourth and they didn't draft somebody in the second, I had James Conner on my buy list until I saw that you wanted him as a sell or as a, uh, a loser. Sorry. I had him as a winner because I, I fourth round draft capital doesn't scare me. That's like saying, and I don't even know what round DJ Dallas went in. That's like saying to me, then I'm worried about Chris Carson with uh, DJ Dallas in Seattle. Like it's, it's so hard for somebody to step right in and take that role. I think it, the only person holding James Conner back is his injuries. That's it. And if he can stay healthy, I don't think there's a chance for anybody else to break out. If he gets down and goes hurt then, and somebody else steps in, then I think that's how he's going to lose it, which he showed he can't really stay healthy. So that's the one knock. But it's hard not to root for the guy after what he's been through with you know, recovering from cancer and, and beating that and everything. So I'm a fan of him and I want him to do well. But I see your point of it as well. We'll have to make a friendly bet on that. Um, and we'll put some parameters down in terms of yardage and all that. But I, I think James Conner is the, the winner in that. But agree to disagree, and we'll have a, a bet. We'll have to come to some terms, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see for sure. Um, like I said, he was one of my sleeper picks. So would I absolutely bet something on it? I don't know. Depends on what the parameters are. but. Exactly kind of what you said where you're scared of the injuries and I I don't know. I was a big Anthony McFarland guy, whether he, he slipped, I think to me, I think he was at least a third round grade or should have been for most NFL teams. He's, he's a good football player. So I think they slipped to the fourth and they, they took him because he's a good running back. So it's, it's James Conner's job to lose. So like I said, if, unless he's just really, really bad or, or he gets hurt, McFarland probably won't do anything, but that's kind of my, my sleeper loser. So,
1: I mean, yeah. I slip in the shower every day, too, and it's not uh, – that just happens. You know, there could just be that Anthony McFarland's not that good, and that's why he slipped that far. So that's – you know, that's one of your sleepers. I'll I'll let you live by that one there. I have seen a little interest in uh, McFarland on Twitter, so we'll see. But give me, uh, give me another – or no, you just hit James Conner there, and I had to back myself up. Give me – we're running out of names here. You know, and I don't – the last one on this list, I'm going to let you do it because I don't agree with you. And I'll, I'll explain why. Why do you not like Darius Geis? Injuries aside, how is he a loser? Talk to me.
0: Well, it, it's you, – you kind of said one of my only points. Injuries aside, he hasn't played a season yet. And they drafted a, 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 a I – I wouldn't say a stud, but a, a weapon. At, and they already came out and said he's going to play running back. Yeah, Antonio Gibson – I'm talking about Antonio Gibson. Yeah, it might be a lot of end arounds, like a Debo Samuel type. He can play all over the field. But when I was watching Antonio Gibson's tape, uh, he was a much better running back than, than a wide receiver. Um, sure, AP's there, but I, I don't know. Geiss is a loser to me because they drafted a wide receiver slash running back, called him a running back straight up right out of the gate, And Darius Darius Geis has yet to play a dang full season. They've been all different injuries, too. I just – I don't know. I'm out on Darius Geis. To me, if you can sell him, sell him because he's not worth it to me. I don't think he's worth it anymore. And if you can get a good draft pick for him, go ahead on on a believer. But with them drafting another running back, now they have like 37 running backs on the team. And Bryce Love is there. Adrian Peterson's there. Darius Geis stubbed his toe on the way to the practice field, and now Antonio Gibson. So to me, it's a, he's a loser, and I'm just not in on on Geis.
1: All right, you ready? Ready for it?
0: Sure, I'm ready. It's Bring it nice, on.
1: It's nice that there's the mute button because I just want to crawl through the screen and choke you, but and I, I probably wouldn't win because you're stronger, but. Darius Geis, the only he didn't he wasn't hurt by the draft. He was hurt by himself. You want to know how many carries Antonio? I had to look it up. You want to know how many carries Antonio Gibson had in college? You're gonna be shocked.
0: I probably already know, but humor me.
1: Thirty-three carries in his or in his college career. What does that tell me? That tells me that he's not a running back. He's a gadget guy. So that doesn't scare me. Him lining up at running back—that's kind of like you can't just have 33 carries in college and then turn in like just randomly be a good NFL running back. I mean, I could go, you know, play Madden right now and carry the ball 33 times with somebody. That's all he got in college. I, I'm just not buying the the hype that he's a running back. They gave him a running back number. But I just think he's going to be utilized as a playmaker. They need playmakers because that offense completely stinks. And, you know, Geis might not be the guy. But from what I took, you know, with him or what people took with him in the rookie draft, he just hasn't been healthy. And it's his injuries that have held him back. It's not going to be Antonio Gibson that holds him back in my mind. Not 33 carries at Memphis. Is he from Memphis? At Memphis? Yeah. Yep. 33 carries from a non-Power 5 doesn't terrify me in the slightest. It's the fact that he's just a playmaker. They might try and get him the ball, but I don't think he's going to line up in the back 25 times a game. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Well, no, that, that.
0: I'm not saying he's going to have 25 carries a game or 25 touches a game even, but even if he has 5 to 10 touches a game, that takes away from Geis, which in my mind is, is a loser already in a bad offense. So I think just anybody taking touches away from a running back, in, in an already shit offense excuse my language was um is, is a loser so we'll, we'll see
1: yeah it's just if he was that good of a running back I, I would think that he had more than 33 carries in his college career in four years or if I don't know if he left earlier not, I don't really know the story too well but that's that's kind of just my take so anybody else on our loser list that we had or anybody else that you wanted to talk about or had any questions on or want to bring up
0: no, I think that pretty much wraps it up um, from what I had to talk about anyway. Um, I think we gave some good good insight on some of these winners that you might not have thought of or or some of these losers. And like we said earlier, a lot of them were on our buy and sell list. So I think we did a pretty good job on that episode. And I think we hit on some other guys that, that we were kind of unexpected on that list as well.
1: No, I think we hit it. We hit it right on the head here. Here's what you need to know if you're a listener and you're following at, at Dynasty Block and you're following our journey here. So this is episode eight. We're trying to crank out episodes every week. We have a website coming. We've got good material on there. We'll write you some articles. I'm digging into the stats. Ryan's more of a film guy. It's on the way. You can't rush greatness. Please Follow us on Dynasty Block if you haven't. We're also on Apple Podcasts now. It's an easy, quick subscribe. Give us a review. Say something nice about us. If you don't have anything nice to say about us, don't say anything at all. All right? But that's what's kind of on the horizon here. And our website is really going to be the big thing here. And it's not ready yet. We don't want to rush it, but it's almost there. So we want to thank you guys for joining us at Block in the Back today. Give us a follow at Dynasty Block on Twitter. Subscribe on that podcast on Apple Pod and be sure to tune in every week. So that was episode eight, Winners and Losers. Thanks for joining us at Block in the Back.
0: Thank you for listening to Block in the Back podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow, at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the back.